everyone. Welcome to the Give Spotlight. My name is Callie Curtis, and I'm a web development and professional writing intern at the Gibbs College of Architecture. Today, we are talking to Sonia Ramirez. Sonia Ramirez graduated in 2019 with her bachelor's degree in environmental design with a focus on interior design. She worked as an interior design intern at ADG from 2018 to 2020. So our first question for today is, how have the design methods and practices changed in the field of interior design since you were a student? I think the most obvious response is going to be the pandemic, just because it completely shifted of what we thought design was or being in the office, the culture of always being interdisciplinary and going with other different projects that you normally would do in the office to, all right, it's your own culture at home. And so it went from, I personally don't have space in my house, so I didn't have an office. I used to work off my dresser, uh, which for me was really big because I was very much used to separating my home and my work environment. And so when you put them both together, it just, my brain didn't really know what to do. Um, and so it just, I don't know, it was, um, I personally don't like working from home just because I like the idea of going somewhere and having a purpose and being in person to all my meetings and things. Uh, but I think that's gonna be the most obvious change uh, just because it completely shifted out of nowhere. So we didn't really have any time to process or figure out what we wanted it to look like. It just turned into what we could have available at the time. Okay, thank you. How has the use of technology and in interior design changed since you were a student at Gibbs? Um, so a little bit based on that, often or the culture at Gibbs whenever I was a student was always the idea of being present. So you were in your studio for classes, you were in your studio throughout the day, throughout the night, that's just where you did everything. It's where you met up to collaborate, it's where you did your homework, and so we went from that to the virtual office. Uh, so Zoom as an essential part of your office day, that kind of really wasn't a thing. It was more of, oh, get up and ask a question, or see somebody for office hours, your professors, uh, to, oh, let me just call somebody, or I can text somebody, and kind of get stuff done that way. So I think that was the biggest change, but it also brought in really good things like, uh, the potential technology customizes what you want your work to look like. I can now work for my favorite coffee shop, which I couldn't do. I, that was like the thing that bugged me in college is that I couldn't just pick up my homework and take it to Starbucks or take it to the biz. And so being able to do that now for me is just a really big convenience. Uh, you can do that. You can work on vacation. You can work for companies that you've never met before. And so it really broadens the opportunity that you have to learn from companies that are in a different region, in a different state and you don't physically have to be there. So it's more of the immediate physical resources that you have to you, just kind of opens up another world for you. Yeah, thank you. And it'll be interesting to see like the long lasting impact of all of this too, working mm -hmm. from the virtual environment. It's gonna be a lot more prevalent even when everyone's going back in person to work. Right, and some people aren't going back. <laughs> I have you know a couple friends here or a couple friends who uh, one of my best friends right now has an internship in Connecticut. Never been to Connecticut, never met the company, but she gets to work for them, like from the comfort of her home. And then I have a couple of friends who just decided they didn't want to go back to working in person because they really enjoyed working from home. So I guess it just kind of gives people the liberty of in a little bit outside of the mold of what corporate is supposed to look like. So I think that's just a really neat detail that we get to keep after the pandemic. Yeah. And, and then how have the changes in methods of design and technology personally affected your own career and your own projects? 
I think that one is uh, very similar to what they do at Gibbs. You know, your first year, your first um, like projects are all by hand, drafting by hand, learning how to do everything by hand, the symbols for everything, and then transitioning into computer. Um, you know, when you go in, you're obviously one of the youngest people in the office. And so for me, that meant everybody automatically thought you were tech savvy. And so it was, you know, you got to build the standards on Revit, you got to do the BIM work, you got to um, incorporate other things that maybe your bosses didn't know how to do. So at some point, it kind of flips the roles of who's a teacher and who's a student, which to me creates more balanced environment in the office. But also, you know, a prime example, um, I did site visits a lot. Um, and so for Bankfish Tower, which was the project I worked on at ADG, they didn't have everything they needed for the blueprints. And so it was up to me to go in and do site surveys, probably did it two or three times a week. And it went from, okay, take your paper, take your pen, we'll print out what, everything that you need, and then you just mark it up to uh, being able to, you know, I got an iPad, we have Apple pencils. So you would just kind of pick one of those up and I could do the exact same things that I did on paper, but it was automatically on the cloud, which the cloud I think saves a lot for technology. Uh, it was automatically on the cloud and it didn't require me to finish my work or to have to go back into the office because it live updates. And so somebody in the office who was also on the same project could automatically have that information as soon as I wrote it down. And so I think that's been one of the like major things is being able to, to just being able to automatically transfer that into the technology and then have it available for you. Okay, yeah, that's really interesting too. Pretty much, you know, it just syncs up and you can just see each other's work without actually having to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so whenever I went to get something specific, as soon as I got the information or wrote it down, my boss had what she needed to, to continue her work. So we didn't, it was a lot less waiting time between other people so that somebody else can do their own job too. Okay, thank you. What would you say is the most valuable thing that you learned at Gibbs? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, probably that there's always another way. And so that was a big thing, you know, with the pandemic figuring out how everything you normally did and figure out how to completely transform that and either do it from somewhere else, do it from another way or with other resources that you didn't have. Um, and so I think that translates to, you know, within your studios and all your classes, everybody gets the same set of instructions, but nobody's projects look the same. And so I think that gives a really big emphasis on what your background is, what your own experiences are, who, influ who your influences are and how that translates into your work. I think is the same thing that goes into the office. And so, you know, you start going, going into coworkers who went to a different school or who studied, I, I'm not an, I am interior designer, right? But I did it, my major's not in interior design. So I have a different educational experience than everybody else, which automatically brings in different ideas just because I'm used to being, um, being out on the field a lot more than they are. And so it just, I don't know, it brings the idea that that's kind of what you need to complete a team is that everybody comes from a different background or that has had a different experience in their own design. Okay, so how would you say that you're, since you majored in environmental design with a focus in interior design, how mm -hmm. did that change your outlet compared to the other people who majored in, in interior design? Uh, well, for one, it's kind of harder to get a job because most people that are looking for an interior designer are looking for somebody who is on the way to NCIDQ or already has it. Um, and as, um, as, because I don't have a major of interior design, I don't qualify to take the exam until I have 10 years of experience. And so that automatically takes you away from a, a lot of job opportunities, but it also brings in the experience of 
Um, are you familiar with the environmental design program? No, I'm not. Okay, so instead of going into one specific discipline, so ID, architecture, landscape, um, I study a general overview of four. Um, so I studied interior design, architecture, landscape architecture, and urban design. And it's more, it's meant as a segue degree. And so, so you go into uh, your master's degree and pick one of those four to get your degree in. Um, but as a general overview, you know, it helps me um, to go into interior designer and look at it from a perspective of what is an actual city need from a specific building or how does that material affect the culture of it? I study the uh, culture and psychology behind architecture a lot. And then I have, um, now I got like my lead certification and things like that. So I study more environmental sustainability with an interior design, which changes the way I look at materials. It changes the way I select my materials. And it also changes the way that I approach certain projects as to somebody who has an interior design degree. <laughs> it's very different. It's usually kind of, it throws people off when I say environmental design. Yeah, when I saw that I was, you know, kind of confused because I wasn't sure if I should ask you about questions about interior design or about environmental design. <laughs> it kind of all ties together. Okay. And what thoughts did you have about the field when joining and how did your thoughts differ from reality? I didn't um, know what I wanted to do going into college. And so it was more of, I really wanted to do everything. So the reason I went into the built, like the world of a built environment is because it gave me the ability to touch every field. Um, so, you know, I study hospitality so that I can design for hospitality. I study K through 12, Montessori's, universities, so that I can design for education. And the same thing for all that. You can do it with sports, you can do it with stadiums, you can do it with concert halls, anything like that. So it kind of just gives me a really well-rounded experience of what it's like to be in every field so that you can design for it. So to me, that was just kind of the big deal is being able to touch everything. Um, and it hasn't really changed just because I still get to do that. And I work on a really wide range of projects, um, you know, a really big workplace. I do a lot of education. I've done some government work. Um, so you go from it really changes your perspective and it shifts what you need to know. And so for me, that's just kind of been that was like the ideal goal of being able to work in this field. And I think that's exactly what I'm getting. OK, yeah, that sounds great. So. Pretty much what you're saying is through your work, since you majored in environmental design, you just kind of got all aspects, like all across the board, rather than mm -hmm. one specific area. Right. And then would you like to share some projects today? Yeah. So with the IQC, my favorite project is the Capitol Hill pop-up plaza. Um, and just because for me, the idea of being able to design and being able to like grow in my career is also the idea of circling back and bringing it back home. Um, and so I actually grew up in Capitol Hill District in Oklahoma City, and I got to design the pop-up plaza for that. So for me to come in and take everything I learned and then implement it into my own community is a really big deal. It gives you the end user experience because I grew up there. I go to the stores, I go to those um, coffee shops, I go to that movie theater, uh, but I also get the ability now to design what I want it to look like. And so working with the IQC team, I worked in Oshane and getting to work with the Capitol Hill district, who I already knew, like the people that were on the board, it was just a really unique experience to be on both sides. And I feel like that's kind of the end goal is to always take what you learn and being able to bring it back to your community. Yeah, that sounds like a great opportunity. It was kind of weird, honestly, Shane. Um, Shane and I talked a lot and he just kind of happened to know that I was from Capitol Hill. So he just walked up one day and he's like, hey, I have a project in Capitol Hill, let's work on it. And so that is also what I really like about 
gives is that you know you get to know everybody personally and so when you get opportunities like that they're always looking out so that you can able you can be able to participate in them yeah and so he basically had you in mind immediately when he heard it probably yeah which is also what most you know if i don't know if maya and suchi are still there um but it was always very like it's always been very thoughtful of who, what they want you to participate in according to what you believe in or what like your experience has been there. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks again for listening to the Gibbs Spotlight. Tune in next time to hear more stories from the Gibbs College of Architecture.